Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut to the bullshit and get to the point. What's up, To The Point listeners? It's Chris Yano, your host of To The Point, also CEO of Rhino Strategic Solutions, and I want to say what's up to my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, brother? Chris, it is always a pleasure. I'm a little jealous. It appears to me that you're actually in the, the studio today, as opposed to me, who's now on week four of quarantine. Um, so full disclaimer, at any point, there is an elementary school right on the other side of that door, which I think we're going to talk about today for a moment. But um, Chris, always good. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Yeah, so um, an elementary school because you have four kids. Uh, that's why there's elementary school in your background. Me too. That's why I came into the office today. And there's, I mean, there's nobody here. It's just, it's just me. So it's kind of sad because usually this place is like people running around all over the place, and it's, you know, it's, it's a bummer. I'm like I'm missing it. And you, and I don't feel bad for you because you've been gone for four weeks. If you remember, I was self quarantined two weeks before all this stuff was happening. So I've been out. I've been on quarantine, that's because we were, you remember, we were in Ireland when the travel ban came in, my, my wife and my family. So we came back and went straight on self-quarantine. So I've been going stir crazy. So I was like, I got to get the heck out of, out of the house and get to the office. So I'm glad that uh, it was nice to come in here. It's just kind of a little bit sad. There's nobody here. <laughs> but I'm excited, man, because actually in this crazy coronavirus world that we're in, um, we've learned a lot of things about ourselves. We've learned a lot of things about what we can do. We've learned about a lot of things about what we can change to be better. We've learned a lot of things about what we can do to help others. Um, it's been an interesting time. And for what it's worth, I'm grateful for the new things that I'm learning and picking up. And part of that is new relationships I've created, new partnerships that we've been in discussions with, um, new things I've learned, like the you know, on a previous podcast with all the um, CARES Act stuff going on, I was able to learn from one of our guests about this CARES Act, like pull back the veil and figure out what's the truth about it and how's it really able to help the contractors. So I'm really grateful for the things that I've taken away from this, but I'm also super encouraged by the big hearts I've seen come out of this whole scenario on helping others. So, and I know you and I have had plenty of conversations about that. So, but one of the great relationships uh, and partnerships and things I've been discussing and working on that we've actually talked about for a long time at Rhino is finding somebody who's, a, who's really, really good at coaching CSRs. Now, we've at Rhino have considered creating this department for years. And in the unique way that Rhino, and for those, the listeners who don't know, and this might be your first podcast you're listening to, Rhino Strategic Solutions is a digital marketing company for the trades, and that's it. HVAC, plumbing, electrical is our core competency. That's what we've done the most for the past 12 years, and that's what we focus on. So part of the Rhino team is called Rhino Tracks, and their only job is to listen to every single phone call that comes through our customers' websites, so that way they can gather date, time, uh, was the call booked, what was the lead, um, was it an install, a service call, drain cleaning, electrical, what was the lead type, 
what's the close ratio? So we can have an idea of what that is. So that way our customers would know what's the actual revenue attached to each lead that Rhino brings in. Now the variables of that that we cannot control is what the CSR is saying when they pick up that phone, but you better believe we're listening to it because a lot of times we're spending money, our customers are spending money, we get the call to come in, it gets to the CSR and they're the first line of defense to lock that person down. They might be the only person that talks to a potential customer, so they gotta get it right. And so our call listening team listens to every single phone call and can identify when CSRs are missing, are, are missing the big picture on this or are missing objections, their tone is wrong, they're going about it. And though we don't offer call coaching, we can certainly identify the opportunity to, that a CSR needs to improve. And it's not a negative, it's a positive. Hey, we have no impact on this, but there's an opportunity here. Have your CSR listen to this phone call, maybe get some coaching, find the right partners. So we've done this for 12 years, but never had a call coaching division within Rhino. So through this time, I've met multiple uh, companies that offer this service. And, um, and I have my own thoughts about how, to, how, to, you know, how a call should be handled, but I'm by no means the expert in it. So when I met um, our guest, Angie, um, and I was able to talk with her a little bit about what she's done, um, not only as a business owner in the, in the home services industry herself, but also with the coaching she's done over the years um, and her philosophy and their values, I really believe that it was um, a great fit for a lot of contractors. So, and especially with things being remote and kind of coronavirus world we're in today. So, the, 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 what we decided to name this episode was critical call coaching in a crisis. Um, that's what we're in. And, and there are some things that need to change and things that you should be doing and things you should, you should be switching up. So rather than me like ad lib and spitball with you, Paul, we thought it'd be good to have Angie on, on the show. And so I'm going to go ahead and tee you up, Angie, before I, um, or with my introduction to share some of your accolades because it's impressive. And I learned some new things just, you know, in our prep for this. So, but um, Angie Snow, she's a co-owner and vice president of Western Heating and Air Conditioning, which is up in uh, uh, Orem, right? In Utah, suburb of Salt Lake City. Um, and you wear a lot, she wears lots of hats. I mean, we're talking uh, admin, human resources, marketing, finance, business development. So like, you know, I've, I get it. Like you gotta wear lots of, lots of hats. Um, cool fact is that Angie was awarded the Service World Woman of the Year Award at Service World Expo in 2016. Super cool. Um, she also served as an executive board of directors for the Women in HVACR, which Rhino was also a member of. Um, and then Angie's also a coach, a presenter, and a mentor in snow business coaching, which is a, a, a company that her and her husband have put together to serve. And also with GoTime Success Group. Um, and last, you're on the advisory board. Well, you're an advisory board mentor and trainer for Service Nation Alliance. So That's right. Yeah. You're all, over, you're all over the place. I got a few things going, Chris. So Angie Snow, welcome to To The Point Podcast. We're happy to have you on. Thank you. It's, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So let's do this right out of the gate so our listeners can understand just how 
uh, one, we just we just kind of went over how like awesome that that you are and things that you've earned, not been given, that you've earned. Now let's go back a little bit further and and, and let everyone know how you even got into the trades, kind of your background with snow business coaching, and then um, and then ultimately how you ended up with Go Time Success Group. Let's cover that first, and then we'll get into some tactics about um, what we can do with our CSRs during this time of crisis. Ready? Go. <laughs> Sounds great. Oh man. Hey, thanks for that lovely introduction. You know what? I will be honest. I'm going to be brutally honest. When I was a little girl, I didn't sit around and say, when I grow up, I want to be an HVAC lady. I didn't. I'm sorry, everyone. I know that's a disappointment. <laughs> Actually, <Same>. when, <laughs> when I was a little girl, I wanted to be two things. I wanted to be a mommy and I wanted to be a teacher. And that's what I wanted to do. And and so I would set up my stuffed animals. I would teach school to all of them. I'd practice being a teacher. And you know what? That's what I did. When I got out of high school, I went straight to college, got my degree in teaching, and I started teaching school. And um, I was working to put my husband through school. And he was getting his degree in um, construction management so that he could he, – he did love the trades. He loved working with his hands. And, and he got into HVAC by accident a little bit. Also, his, his brother um, was a coal miner. They're from Eastern Utah, where there's a lot of mines. And so um, my husband just figured, you know, that's probably what I'll do too. But um, his brother got in a serious coal mining accident. And so it was, it was frightening. And so he was like, I'm not doing that. And so his brother found a new trade. His brother found HVAC and said, hey, this is a great trade. Come join me. So my husband got into it started working on his construction management degree while I went to school. We started our family, started having kids. And when I was pregnant with my third child, he said, Angie, I've just been hired by Lennox. They're moving us somewhere. We don't know where. I get to go be a general manager for one of their companies. Isn't that exciting? And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we ended up moving to Fresno, California. Worked out there for a little bit. Um, he ran a plumbing, heating, and cooling company out there, and I got to be a mom for a whole year. I was just a mom. I was nothing else. I, I'd stopped teaching school, but I, I'd missed it, and eventually, we had a, a friend here in Utah say, hey, I'm going to sell my business, Western Heating and Air. Would you like to buy it? That was 2007. I know it's the same year you got started, Chris. <laughs> Best time to buy a business. Woo! <laughs> right? <laughs> so Oops. we came back to Utah, bought Western. It was very small, Ryan and I, and we had four technicians at the time. And so um, over the years, we've had a lot of struggles, a lot of stresses, just like many of you, financial, employee, uh, so many things to worry about as a contractor. How do you get your business set up to grow and to be profitable? And we've gone through a lot of those things, and um, we've had a lot of success. And because of that, we've been asked to speak at several events. We've been asked to help in different ways and so we thought you know why not start our own business coaching uh company and so we've done a little bit of that and and it's been awesome but when what did you guys noticed, angie when did you guys oh, yeah. start that angie we started it about two years ago so not not too long ago um it'd been it'd been rolling through our mind for a couple years before that but it was like all right let's launch this let's do it and so once we started with snow business coaching it's been a lot of fun just to reach out make connections and, and find new ways to serve not only you know in the HVAC industry, but any person who's in business with their spouse or a partner, there are a lot of things that need to be learned there. So that's that's one of the things we focus on. 
but oh, we yeah. just ha we've had a good time and uh, you know what we've noticed and especially where the CSR coaching came up is I really struggled to find some good CSR coaching for my team and um, and so it, it fell back on my shoulders and I knew what I wanted from my CSRs I knew that my main focus was to build a solid relationship with my clients because I know the cost to acquire a new client. And mm -hmm. if I can retain my current clientele because I've got good relationships, I'm serving them, I'm going above and beyond for them, they do the marketing for me. It's word of mouth. They yeah. write me amazing reviews. That's why my company has over a thousand online reviews just on Google right now. Wow. We, we get that because we earn it. It's just like you said, nothing is given, it's earned. And we worked really hard for it. So. It, it all starts with the CSRs, just like you said, Chris. They're the first impression. They've got to be able to represent your company well. Um, and you've, they've got seven seconds to do it. Seven seconds for that first impression. So there's a lot to be done for CSRs. So you, so, I mean, the, the, why, why, why I love best about this is the fact that you run a service company. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, if, if, even if I didn't, hadn't talked to you, you would assume that you, practice all these things on your own which is where all your like all your eggs are in that basket you practice these different tactics and coaching habits and things that you that you've trained for over the past few years on your own staff first and then absolutely and then saw success from that and then from that you started um you had some other contractors you started working with and i saw a bunch of testimonials that people have written about you guys that you've done for them which is like the most rewarding thing um, clearly if you have a thousand plus reviews, um, you don't get these reviews by doing a poor job or not taking care of the customer and, you know, first. So, but you, you practice some of these tactics on your own, on your own staff. Now, if you don't mind my asking, and you don't have to share this when you guys, you said when you, you and your husband bought Western, you were at four technicians or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that was in 2007. Yeah. What what size was the company at that point? And you were only HVAC, right? Right, only HVAC. We were just under a million. We were eight or nine hundred thousand a year, okay, revenue wise. And so today we are at our team of we have a team of thirty. We'll do about five million. So it's not oh, like we've awesome. grown tons, but for us, it's not about the growth. It's about making smart choices, being profitable, um, building a strong relationship with my team and my community. So I think everyone has to know what their why is and what their purpose is. Absolutely. And um, ours is making a difference in our community. Yeah. So well, and I want to, oh, go ahead, Chris, no. do you mind? Yeah, so go ahead, buddy. I want to go back because you said something earlier that I think is worth kind of um, exploring a little bit more. You talked about kind of you're in the fire of owning a new business, right? And you're going through all the things that everybody goes through. We know what those things are. Um, but you said at some point people wanted to start hearing your story, right? People wanted to hear what you had done that had made you successful and so on. What were the things you were doing in your life and in your business that made people want to hear that story? Was it network groups? What was the, what, what was the catalyst of that? Yeah. Great, great question. Um, I think a big part of that was our membership with Service Nation Alliance. We became members of them. Uh, about the time they started up. And so we had a lot of connections across the country. We knew a lot of other contractors. I, I, I don't think it matters which group you're a part of. Um, I think it's important to be connected. I think it's important to know other contractors, um, have coaches, have access to consultants, have people that can guide you and help you. And so 
that was part of that. And we'd seen a lot of success and they'd helped us get there. And, and a lot of our success was just copying and robbing and duplicating things other companies were doing. And so of course, people then wanted to do the same thing to us. What are you doing in your company? What's the, what's the latest marketing thing that's working? Uh, one of the things that we did in 2016 when I won the Service World Expo Woman of the Year is I had just come out with a, a, new, give, a new way to give back to my community. I teamed up with the Emily Effect, which is a nonprofit charity. And it was um, created after my dear friend, Emily, who's passed away from postpartum depression. It was a big struggle for her. And I wanted to do something to create awareness. This was, this was something that she'd had a hard time with. And me as one of her closest friends, I didn't even know how bad she struggled with it. And so for me to be able now to use my business as a catalyst to spread the word and provide solutions and um, resources and connecting points for other moms who might be struggling with it. That's what I did. And I found a way to do that. I wrapped several of my vehicles with the Emily effect wrap. And to this day, people still love that and still relate to that and thank us for mm -hmm. that extra, that extra way to give back. I love it. And, and you're um, obviously like as a uh, executive board of director or under executive board directors for women in HBACR, you're giving back in many ways. Cause it's not like, like that can be a thankless position. Um, it, I mean, like, I shouldn't say that it, financially, like it's not, it's almost like I'm on a, I'm on my HOA board. It's a zero, you don't pay me to be on that no. board. No. Which still, yeah. which still blows my mind by the way, Chris. <laughs> um, I just, this is, this is my last, this is my last term. I, I've been in it for four years. I'm out. But I wanted to give back to my community. Now, I bit off a little bit more than I could chew um, or, or really had time for, but I made the commitment to give back to my community. And that's how I chose. That's one of the ways I chose to do it. But it was a lot of work for people just to really tell you at, that they don't agree with you. <laughs> but 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 being in, getting on boards, um, even if they're, even if they are, um, like you, you do get financially reimbursed for being on the boards. There's still, a, you're, you're the, you're getting, you're doing far more than that. So yeah. it's got to be bigger than, than, than that. Even like that's the way I look at it. But um, how, I mean, how long? And you've been on that board for how long? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. I've been on the board for four years now, and uh, it, it was because they, they needed another contractor. You know, women in HVACR, we facilitate uh, a lot of different ways for women to connect throughout the whole industry. Manufacturers, wholesalers, distributors, service providers, contractors, technicians. It's the whole gamut of women, and a lot of times as a woman, in a predominantly male industry, you feel alone. You feel like there's no one to connect to. You feel like no one else knows what you're going through. Well, this is a place for us to all come together and connect. And I think the reward, even though there's no financial gain, uh, you know, for me to be on that board, the relationships that I have built 
and that I've become a part of, the partnerships, the companies that I'm learning about, those are priceless. I, I can't put a price on that. So it has been very, very rewarding for me to be a part of that. And now, and now you've gotten in with GoTime Success Group, who's um, about a year, a little over a year into um, this company. Let, mm -hmm. let, now let's segue into that on like sure. how that relationship came about. And then we're going to start hammering hard on actual tactical takeaways from the CSR thing. So how did that segue happen into GoTime Success Group? Uh, you know, I've been really good friends with Chris Hunter and Ben Stark, who are the owners of GoTime Success Group for a lot of years. Ben, Ben, my mentor since probably 2012, 2013. He helped me with my very first annual planning meeting. He came to Utah and helped me with that and really set me up and gave me a design and a system to follow to make a, a solid plan for my company every year. And Chris, just the success that he's had in his company is phenomenal. Um, and that he was able to sell it and do so well with that. A lot of contractors are just looking for guidance. And so Ben and Chris saw that need and they wanted to provide a place and a service for other contractors to come and get additional training and guidance for all parts of their contracting business. And that's where I came in. They said, Angie, we, we got to have somebody to help CSRs. We need someone solid to help bring CSRs to the next level. People are just knocking down the door asking for it. So can you help us create something? And, and so I just put together the process I've been using with my team. I've taught the class over and over and the results are awesome. And it's been yeah. so exciting to see these CSRs um, gain confidence. That's what yeah. it is. They're, they're so nervous. Like, I don't know anything about HVAC. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to talk to a client when they tell me their unit's not working? What am I supposed to say? And they get all nervous and it's like, you don't have to know the answer. You just have to know how to connect with that client, how to ask the right questions so that you can book the call profitably and, and build that connection for your company. And let the guys that know how to do that, do that part. Yeah, so true. perfect. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And it is like all the money we spend on marketing, all the brand, all the everything. Once they pick up that phone, all that stuff's off the table and it's right there. And yep. that's got, you know, the, the phone's got to get it done. So this is a great segue to go into this. Um, and, and when you and I talked prior, um, a lot of companies spend a lot of time and money on training their technicians, which they should. Um, but a lot of times you'll find that they just don't take the time to spend the money on the CSRs, which is ultimately, like we keep saying, like sometimes you're last on the defense. Like this is your, like you, they're your front man. Yeah. They're the front man of the band, man. Like they can't miss the lyrics. They got to get it right. So what do you, I mean, how do you go about with CSRs um, empowering them in a time like now, like in a crisis? Because what we could have talked about three months ago, it's not, there's no need. Like we need to talk about it now, given that we're in COVID-19 days. So what, what kind of give me some like tactics or how are you empowering, empowering CSRs in this time of crisis? Great question. You know, I feel like it starts from the top down. It starts from the leadership mm. who's leading yep. their CSRs and what is their mindset? Do they have this mindset of abundance? Like guys, we're going to find so many opportunities in this time right now. And you guys on my team, you're going to help me do that. Here's some questions you can ask. Here are the measures that we're taking. Here are the things that we're doing and empower your CSRs, give them the tools, the script, the plan. Let them know what the plan is 
And now guys, because you're on the same team as me and we've got this plan, let's go do it. That's one mindset to have, or you can have the mindset of, oh my gosh, everyone's going to be calling in and canceling. We can't lose these calls. You guys have to show up. You, you know what I'm like? There's a way to talk to your CSRs and empower them or to scare them. What mindset are you bringing as a leader to your team? Because that's where it starts. And whatever mindset you start with, with your team, that's the mindset that they will emulate. So it starts with you. That's my. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Because I, I think, no, and we, so we just talked about this too on, um, as a leader, and I shared this with my executive team that um, they, you know, even our, even our, my team leaders and my executive team, we all need to have that same courage and yeah. not fake not a facade, like if I might be a little afraid, it's okay, but I need to have courage. I need to believe that we're going to be okay. Um, now, tactically, how is not on my leadership team. That's on our executive team. But we're all courageous and we believe because we know we're going to get it done because we have this amazing team. And so that does come from the, from the top down. So one of the big things that has maybe well, with some of our customers that we've been fielding a lot of phone calls from is even though search volume has stayed the same or even went up, even in, you know, the time, like it's typically spring and fall aren't amazing anyhow. So like the, all this isn't great timing, but even so search volume in some cases for customers looking for heating and air conditioning contractors, plumbers, electricians, whatever, has actually gone up because they're home more. Mm-hmm. So even though that's happening, there's still like if we even if we as a digital marketing company can get them into the site, there's still complaints about cancellations. So that we have no control over. Again, it's like if we spend all the money to bring in a lead and the customer cancels, now the, now you, the contractor didn't do a bad job. The customer canceled based off of fear. And, and I get it. Like maybe there's some things that are happening, you know, that, that like they've got somebody who's yeah, some immune deficiencies or whatever the case is. Right. But I think it's something that the CSRs have to address right up front. Mm -hmm. Like the safety of this thing has to be, you can you do not assume it. If you leave people to assumptions, they'll assume the worst. You have to address it straight up front. So what are some things that our listeners can take back to their CSRs or whoever's answering their phone to help with handling cancellations? Yeah, good, good question. I think the key here is to think long-term. Um, if a customer's calling in, they're, they, we know that when our emotions get stirred up, we sometimes don't think rationally. We don't speak rationally. We don't make rational decisions. And that's, what's, that's what we're seeing right now all across the world. People yeah. are freaking out and making crazy things. They're pulling their money out of the stock markets. They're shutting down their business and laying off their employees before they even know how things are going to turn out. And buying toilet are, paper. Right. <laughs> clients are doing the same thing. They're calling, I got to cancel this appointment because I don't know what's going to happen, you know? So they're acting out of fear a lot of times. Um, yep. And so as yep. a CSR, I don't have control over my client's behavior or their actions, right? That's not something I have control of. And that's not something I want my CSRs to feel like they have to save every single call that comes in. Their job is to keep your attitude in check, stay positive. Their attitude is to be transparent about what your company is doing. Um, what are the actions you're taking? Have those value statements ready. Know exactly what your company is doing so that you can explain that and stay calm. Be a nice, refreshing, calm voice for that customer on the phone. You can listen to them. 
sometimes people, people are so cooped up right now. They just need to talk. I mean, ask CSRs all over the country. They're getting some crazy calls right now and somebody just needs to vent for a little bit. So be that listening ear, listen, serve them. And even if they do cancel the call, even if you can't save it, keep that relationship strong. I don't care if a call's canceled, but if you've done something to sever that relationship with that client, then I'm going to be upset as a business owner. So sure. if you can do anything to nurture that relationship, then that's what, that's what I want you to feel empowered to do as a CSR. Calm so, their fears, let them know what you can do, but then it's about keeping that connection. So they will come back to you when all this craziness is passed because it will pass and you still want that client there for you. Right. Let, let me ask you a quick question. So let's say, um, are you, well, is Western doing anything proactively to prevent um, future cancellations by maybe addressing it on the call up front? Don't worry, we've taken all the right safety measures. Like, are you are you guys actively doing something like that? Instead of mm -hmm. just saying somebody calling in to straight up cancel, it's is there some sort of proactive, you know, um, script or whatever that you guys are saying ahead of time? Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely we're absolutely giving some new expectations of what they can expect when we come out to reassure them up front. But I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. There's a way that you can go overboard and scare the heck out of them because, oh my God, oh no, I better cancel. You know, you can almost talk someone out of doing business with you by listing every single precaution that you're doing because now it sounds like this could be more dangerous than I thought. I better reschedule. You got to be careful about the words you're using and the way that you're sharing that message. So um, words subconsciously can go into people's minds and it affects them and it affects their choices. So there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. So yeah having just those few things. And then if they want to go deeper into it, we go a little deeper with them, but it's, it's not like full board. Here's everything we're doing for 20 minutes and you've got to sign a waiver when we come. And I haven't implemented the waiver yet in my company because I think that will scare them. If there's, if there's something that they would want to do, we could have that discussion, but I'm trying to eliminate fear and I'm trying to build hope and build positivity and be proactive in this and not, add to the chaos <laughs> and and you're seeing a lot of success with that just with yeah we're not i mean we we have a couple cancellations but i at that same like i said i want to be respectful if this is if really i can't alleviate your fears if you're thinking in this irrational thing or if that's just really the place your mind is right now nothing i say is going to change that so I, i'm going to do my best to reassure you but then i'm going to support you in whatever your decision is mr or mrs customer right you know yeah I mean? Yep. Yeah, I think that, go ahead, Paul. Well, I, I want to, so outside of this scenario, one of the key measures for you is booking rate, right? Is that what mm -hmm. you would refer it to? And so yeah. for our listeners, booking rate, I'll try my best to describe it, is if you get 10 phone calls that are eligible leads for services that you offer, nine out of 10 of those are booked or eight out of 10 of those are booked. Your measure is like, your target's obviously 100%, but 90% is your key number, right? That's kind of where you guys land. We've been consistently over 90. We're, we're closer to 95, 96 is where we're at right now. Um, when we get below 90, my girls start freaking out. What are we doing wrong? We need help on these calls. And I will tell you, I still coach them every week. In fact, when we're done with this podcast, I got a call with my girls. They send me calls that they've struggled with on the week and we coach every single week. It's you've got to be consistent. If you want results, you have to consistently work on this. Right. And, and one of the scenarios that we find ourselves in, you know, we have 
tens of thousands of phone calls that we're listening to on a monthly basis on behalf of our clients to try to figure out what happened, right? And without sharing our clients' data, I will say that the booking rate does not average 90%, right? Not even close. And so generally speaking, people will come to us and say, what can I do to get more revenue? What can I do to get more leads? And it's usually not a mechanism of marketing, right? Mm -hmm. It's usually what's happening on the phones. You can fix what's happening on the phones. So in a normal scenario, like what are some things that uh, you identify as like either the the good things or the bad things that are going on on the phones that can drive you toward that 90% number? Mm -hmm. Well, for me in the class and the training that I do, Um, It's a seven star CSR process. It's seven different steps. And the very first two, I think are the most important. The first one is building that relationship of trust. There are different ways you can do that. It is finding a connection with the customer, your tone of your voice, the pace of your voice. How, how, how reassuring is your voice? Um, It's listening. Are you listening to them? Are you talking over them? Um, Another one, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to respect and building that relationship, right? validating them, letting them know they called the right company. You're going to take care of them. I'm so glad you called. We were so good. We're going to take care of you. We've got this. The second one is asking the right questions. When you're asking the right questions, a lot of times clients call in and they want to start the conversation with a question. How much is it for this? Or how soon can you get someone at her? But they're just asking that to start the conversation and they want to see how you respond. Their questions are testing you as a CSR. And so this is where we take control back of the call and we get the information we need about the client and about the system because I'm going to treat a 20-year-old system that hasn't been working for two days, I'm going to treat that call a little bit different than I'm going to treat a two-year-old system that is making a noise. So I have to ask certain questions because once I can identify the opportunities, then I know the direction to take the call and how to book that call. Customers are looking, they don't want to get on the call and direct the call. They want the CSRs to direct the call. So we teach the CSRs how to go through this process and direct the call so that the clients will feel comfortable trusting you. They know you're gathering the right information. And it's it's definitely a process and it takes a lot of practice. But by practicing being consistent at this, this is how we're booking more calls. Love it. It's the, uh, do you have an approach around after hours service? That's another area that is a complete miss in this mm. industry. Like after four, four, eight, like what's that look like for, what's it look like for Western? And then what's I can it look see like? Ryan just shaking his head right now. Paul, <laughs> yeah. Paul, right? why, Paul, why are you doing this to me? Why are you putting me, you know, this is like the dagger. The pain. Hey man, our, our listeners need to hear it. Like it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So t- let's talk after hours. Let's talk after hours. So I will admit, um, I, I do value my team. I value their time with their family. I want them to go off the clock at nighttime. Mm-hmm. We've increased our hours from eight to eight, Monday through Saturday. So I have a live person in my office answering the call until eight o'clock at night. After eight o'clock, I do turn it to a service provider who answers our calls for us. And I will tell you, I cringe even when I listen to those calls. It is, I, I have yet to find an after hour service provider that answers the calls the way I would want them to answer. But I love my team and value them too much to make them do that. I just trust that once we've got the information, we can go ahead and turn that call around. So 
it's, it's a matter of just obtaining information at that point, And then I let my team do their magic. Got it. Got it. Gosh. I, I wish I had a great answer. I wish I had a great service provider, but I, I don't. We're, we're all in the same, but I think you've addressed it to some degree, to a very large degree, actually, by extending your hours until eight o'clock. I think that, so you've got people that come in from maybe 12 mm -hmm. to eight or 11 to eight. Yeah. I think that takes care of quite people. Consumers don't really expect you to be there no. 24 seven. But, um, you know, we've got a company here where I live in North Carolina that says we're here till midnight. Like that works. Right. But, but obviously you know, different scale. Yeah. You need to decide what's going to set you apart and decide the best way you can serve your clients and the best way you can serve your team. I went in the end, I've got to have my team that's refreshed and ready to show up the next day. Yep. Absolutely. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So, um, this after hours thing has like pestered me for years um, because it's again, it, what's always been tough for a Rhino is we're always trying to find solutions, even if it's outside of our wheelhouse for our customers, because that's what we believe we're, we, that's this company supposed to do to be a true partner, not just a vendor. You try and recognize problems and find solutions, mm -hmm. whether you do it or not. And this is one that continues to drive me crazy because it takes a lot of hard work and hard earned money spent to pull in leads for then turn it over to an after hours answering service that butchers it. And I want to put my fist through a wall because it just frustrates me so much for our customers. So that's one thing where if the, when you, we're listening to every call that comes in during hours, after hours, doesn't matter. And you better believe as soon as we hear an after hours answering service, butcher a lead because you know they don't care near as much as you would we're firing those things off man and saying hold, hold them accountable have them listen to this call and this call and this call to fix it frustrating i agree i've expressed my concerns to my provider as well and you know i just if someone's looking to make a good buck that might be a good business to open right now and i'd be happy to coach your csrs let's 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 get them let going me, oh, let me, subject let me tell you let me tell you what that looks like um <laughs> I, I tried this. Okay. So I, tr I thought, I thought the same thing. I'm like, how this, I'm like, this can't be that difficult. I know how I would handle a phone call. I know how I could pitch a maintenance agreement. And like, so I, I thought I'm going to create a Rhino um, answering service to, to, and give it just to our customers because I know we could book more calls during that five to 8 PM or four thirty to 8 PM gap when conversion rates are higher, revenues higher, like I'm like, let's figure that out. Let's find some after hours answering services people. Gosh, this has probably been eight years ago. And I tried it. And I tried it for two and a half years. I told you this, Angie, I tried this. For, did you do this just to get me fired up? No, I did not. I did. I'm just seeing Paul giggling in the background. Chris I tried could... this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I tried this for, I tried this for two and a half years. And keep in mind, I did this for my customers because I knew I, I was like, I lost so much money trying to figure it out on their behalf. If you look at it, like of the straight P and L expense out the door, I took a massive loss on it. I was, my heart was in the right place. I was yeah. trying to solve the problem. Now, that being said, we closed a lot of, of leads for our customers, which then in turn helped keep them around longer. So if you look at it in the long run, we probably made out on it, but like yeah. the expense over that two and a half years was brutal. So I don't know how, I, you're absolutely right. If someone can actually figure it out and have the patience and the capital backing to get it done, 
you're right. There's a gold mine there, but it's going to have to be massive. I think you get what you pay for. And I know that we don't pay an arm and a leg for our after hours service, but I, I haven't found another one that I would trust either. So we'll, we'll keep, it. we'll keep working on it. We'll see what we can so, figure out. In the so they're all, so you're, so they're all like, they don't work for you. So they're all remote employees. So like this, so I guess you've kind of somewhat dealt with that piece of it. Then, then are all your CSRs are probably working remote now then, right? Actually, no, they're not. Um, my CSRs are, um, I had one CSR working from home for a little bit and I've given them that option though. And I'm ready to accommodate if any of them feel at any time that working from home is a better solution. I told them we will make it work. Um, but right now, they're also they're all in separate offices in my building. They're all answering calls, and they're all they all feel very safe and very comfortable with the measures we've taken there. So they're still coming in, but I know sure. a lot of companies do have CSRs working from home, and so right. we've got to find solutions for that as well. Right. So then um, now, are some of the people that you're coaching? Um, I'm gonna imagine like we have plenty of customers whose CSRs are working from home, mm-hmm. um, and they've got like. In some instances, there's 20, it's like 20, there's a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so are, assuming that you are having to coach to that right now on mm-hmm. um, how can you help keep them accountable or like track their performance um, with them all, with everybody being remote? Yeah, great question. You know, I it all comes down to your expectations. Did you set expectations for your CSRs? What can they do at home that they can still do at work? And what can they not do? Because if there's things that they absolutely can't do unless they're sitting in your office, you've got to find other things for them to do to use their time. Um, And so having your system, you know, those systems put together, having those expectations for your CSRs, and then being innovative, come up with a way to track their time. Um, I've heard some really extreme things and I've heard some really lackadaisical things. So far as extreme to, I'm going to put a Zoom camera on my CSR the whole day so I can watch her working. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's I'm awful. dead serious. And for me, this comes down to like trust. Like, do you trust your team or not? If you don't right. trust that CSR, why are they working for you? What, you know what I mean? And um, I did have a CSR working from home for a little bit. And there were, when you're having a CSR work from home, three things you need to think about. And us as business owners, I immediately go to this point of, will she have the right space? Does she have a computer? Will she have access to the phones, to my scheduling? Will she have, you know, access to all the tools that she needs? And that's one part of it. And that's important. But you've yeah. also got to keep into consideration other, other ways to prepare. Is she going to be physically able? Is she going to be taking care of herself? Is she going to come to work in pajamas? No. Like, if you're going to be working from home, you show up to work just the way you would come to work. You get dressed, you do your hair, you get on the phone, you um, like you go to bed on time. You can't stay up till three o'clock in the morning with the kids because the kids are home and they want to stay up and watch. No, you have to be responsible just like you would be coming into the office. You have to keep the same hours. You have to do all of those things physically to take care of yourself. Eat healthy, drink your water, get your exercise in, do what you normally do. Just because things are different doesn't mean you can change your routine all up. Keep it as, as similar as possible. Same thing mentally. Are you showing up mentally prepared for your job? Are you going to be able to be 100% focused on your customers when the phone rings? If not, you've got to change something in your space or we have to change something. So it's, I think that weekly contact, a weekly report of 
This is what I accomplished this week. However you want to do it. The cool thing about this is if you don't have a system or process in place for your CSRs to work from home, you get to create one right now. <laughs> this is a new whole thing you've got for your company now so that you've got this in place and you're ready to go. It's that mindset. We're being innovative here. We're moving forward. We're building and creating because of this instead of looking at, oh, no, I think my CSR is going to rip me off at home because I don't know what they're doing. 20, you know, I don't know if they're actually working. Set the expectation. Give them the tasks and let them prove themselves to you. Trust them. Yeah, great. Um, I mean, so making sure they got a good spot to work in. I am 100% believe like you got to um, – it's almost like people used to say, you know, look the part, you know, or dress the part, feel the part, be the part, like, or, yeah. you know, dress successful. Um, and I don't buy into all of it. I buy into enough of it to say, you got to feel good about yourself to be able to do your job right. good. This is yeah. another area where we disagree. I always say no collar, no dollar, meaning I show up every day with a collared shirt on. But I made a commitment at like two weeks into quarantine. I have three t-shirts that I'm wearing through this whole thing to just reduce laundry. So I'm just cycling those three t-shirts. So this is my bluish gray t-shirt. <laughs> and I'm, you know, the hat is because I'm a couple days away from getting a, an at-home haircut. Are you cutting hair <laughs> in your house, Angie? <laughs> I did cut my husband's hair. It looks really nice. He got a lot of compliments from our service manager. So nice. that was good. Um, yeah, we're, we're doing all those extreme measures too. <laughs> all right. So I have another left field question, if you don't mind. So what role does software play in good, you know, in coaching your CSRs and having them manage, you know, who's on the phone versus what they see in front of them? And, and well, what software do you use? Yeah, we use Service Titan. We've mm -hmm. been using them for a couple of years now. We, we like them. There is so much to be learned still. It's a very inclusive product and right. program. We, we really like them. Um, the, the cool thing about Service Titan are there are a lot of things that you can customize. And so if we want our calls to go a certain way, I can customize the screens to go in the order of how I want the call to go. Um, but there is, you know, being a CSR is a performance job. You've got to show up and perform and you've yep. got to be able to juggle a couple different things at the same time. You've got to be able to keep that positive in, you know, great relationship with the client while you're gathering their information and typing information in, or you know what I mean? There's just a lot going on. And so a lot of what I'm helping CSRs with is to recognize that a lot of times they don't realize how long they've been pausing, you know, to type in information until we go back and listen to a call and they're like, oh my gosh, that was a really long pause. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what do you think we can do to shorten that pause? You know, and well, maybe if I write it down and go back and enter it later, well, that's a great idea. Let's try it for a week and see what happens. You know, it's, it's about getting the job done, but taking care of the client and letting them know they're number one first. Yep. I'm hearing that the number one thing, and maybe it's not the number one, but a human connection <laughs> mm -hmm. and establishing, establishing trust as quickly as possible. Yep. So I, I can think back to a few experiences I've had. One, and one time I, I called, I had a, um, it was selling a house and I had to um, I had some foundation work that I needed done, like in the slab under the house foundation work. And I remember the company I ended up going with, the owner answered the call because it was after hours. And she said something along the lines of, oh, honey, I'm so sorry to hear that. I bet that's so stressful. And at that moment, I was like, ah, oh, yes, it is stressful. And I, but it was done. 
it was done. It was a done deal. That's who I was using from that moment because she showed MC. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. Exactly. And, and a lot of times, you know, you think about our customers that are calling into us, they're in vulnerable positions. They just had this something go out and they weren't planning on it. And now they know it's going to cost a lot of money and they're stressed. And, and if you can just calm their fears, let them know you're going to take care of them, build some value in your company and make a connection with them, ask them the right questions. They're in, they're yours. For life. Yeah. For yeah. life. It's yeah. that simple. See, it's so simple to be a CSR, it's, right? It's so simple. It's so, so easy. So if I'm listening to this, let's say I'm, I'm a contractor listener of the point to the point. And I'm like, I need to fix my people on the phone. What are the steps they need to take um, in, in like contacting you? Or what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's super simple. Uh, you can go to gotimesuccessgroup.com. We're, we're really excited. I've been working on putting an online program together because there's only one of me and there's a lot of contractors that need help. So I've, I've put a lot of work into creating a whole online training program. It's about 10 to 12 hours of me in front of a camera, I've got a workbook, I'm going through the entire seven steps with you, I'm giving you role play scenarios, I'm letting you listen to calls from my company. It's very, very, um, what's the word? It's just a very complete package of, of really solid training so that you can learn the different things. Now, it's called seven star CSR because it's not just a five star. Five star is the expected standard. If you're meeting my expectations, I'm gonna give you a five star review. If you're going above and beyond, this is something I, someone I want to rave about. I'm going to give you a seven-star review. And that's what this training is. So it's for new CSRs. It's for experienced CSRs. It's for anyone who just would like to, to take up their, their skills to the next level and really, you know, knock it out of the park. So are there certain characteristics in CSRs that when you're inter either interviewing or first couple of days on the job, you're like, oh yeah, he is going to be amazing. Or are there on the other side, are there ones where you're like, it's not going to work. This person yeah. is not going to work. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I always do when I'm hiring a CSR, I do a phone interview first. I want to hear how they sound on the phone. I don't want to see their face. I don't want to do sense. any prejudging anything. I want to hear how they sound on the phone. If they sound great, I'll bring them in. And I am looking for someone who's very vulnerable, who's open to role-playing, open to doing whatever I ask them to do, because if they're not and they're hesitant, then they're going to be hesitant to change because I get CSRs out of their comfort zone. They don't want to listen to their calls. I don't like the way my voice sounds. It sounds, I don't, it sounds so dumb. I hate listening to, well, if you're not going to listen to your voice, then I know you're not willing to change it. So you've got to be vulnerable. And whenever a, a really big point for contractors, if you're trying to do this on your own with your CSRs, you're listening to their calls, make it a safe environment. Let them know that, we're listening to calls to help you improve. I'm not listening to calls to put you down. I'm not listening to calls with you to make fun of you. We're just identifying opportunities where you can get a little bit better, where you can grow. And you always highlight the best things first. I loved your voice on that call. I loved your energy. I loved your focus. But I wish, and we use wish instead of I hate, I don't like, I keep it positive. <laughs> I wish just next time that you wouldn't have used so many ums. I wish you wouldn't have talked over the client. I, I wish you would have built a little bit more value so they could have seen why they needed a tune-up. And so there are so many things that you can, ways that you can coach your CSRs um, and help them through this and keep it a positive, safe experience so they'll feel safe and, and open to that coaching 
I love it. I think that um, what's good about that online piece of it is they can go back and reference things mm -hmm. over and over again. So, cause you can't be expected to remember, even if you take great, great notes, you're not going to remember it all. So at least you have that to go back and reference, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, we do similar things like that at Rhino. So that way, cause the, from an account manager perspective, you certainly like a lot of it, you have to learn on the fly. You just like on what scenarios are going to come up like this, like the one that we're in is new. Mm -hmm. So we take it all back to our core values, but we've been recording different things. So that way people can go and reference them um, to help manage it, which is extremely important when people are working remote right now. So um, I want to, I want to wrap with this. Um, and thanks. We kind of went over a little bit and I, and I appreciate you giving this a lecture time is like I said, towards the beginning, a lot of contractors have spent so much time and money on training their technicians and they're not, spending that money on their on their CSRs, which arguably right now is the utmost important if it's ever been is absolutely right right now mm -hmm. to get the te the technician doesn't matter if you can't get them in there in the home, you got to get them there. That's right. So but not, you know, not everybody is like, you know, people are really afraid on spending money and cash. So what are some, and you've given a lot of actual tactical things in this that's just really scratching the surface on really the broad, like on what you can actually accomplish with them once you kind of get in and go over everything. Mm -hmm. so, but you've given enough little tips and um, nuggets that they could take away and implement to make change now. Right. But if, if, if somebody is strapped for cash right now or, or just afraid to spend the money. If you could give like at least just say a couple tactics that that they could do to help the C, that an owner could do to help their CSRs, like if nothing else, do these. These set things to at least guide the ship. What would those things be? Okay, couple things here. Um, first of all, listen to the calls identify areas where they need help with. And like I said, keep it a simple process. I told you I use hearts and wishes. I use that with my second graders. How many years ago? Things you love about the call, things you wish were different. You've got to do this with the CSR. They have to hear it in themselves. If they can't hear it, they can't change it. So they need to listen to their call and you know they're gonna be their own worst critic. So be gentle with them. Don't say, yep, here were 30 things you need to change and here's a garden hose, I'm shoving it down your throat right now, fix it. No, <laughs> be gentle. They're like a little plant. They're developing, they're budding. Couple drops here and there. Let's work on these two things this week. If anything else, just work on these two things. Let's see if we can stop talking over clients and let's see if you can remember to set this expectation when you're talking to them. And then once they've got that, the next week, identify one or two more things. This is, it's a process. You can't expect your CSR to just be a slam dunk overnight. You've got to, you've got to be consistent in listening and training and what's tracked and measured will be improved. You know this better than anybody uh -huh. in your industry and what you're doing. You've got to track it. You've got to measure it and then take little baby steps and you'll get there and you'll see their confidence improve. You'll see their demeanor. They'll be more excited to come to work because they know that they're meeting their expectations, your expectations. They're helping you book more calls. When these things happen, your booking rate will go up and they'll be booking more calls and they'll be booking them profitably on the right technicians so that you can make more money on your calls. And they're going to be able to, you know, 
you should see your revenue go up. I mean, even with everything that's going on right now and how first quarters typically are tough quarters, we're up 20% this year, which is awesome. awesome. And it's because we're consistent at this. Every single week we do this. And not only do I do it with my CSRs, do it with my techs. Do it with my techs too. We have a that, process for them. And you got to be consistent with them too. That was my next question because that's really the complete picture. And what you said too about CSRs understanding which text to send into the house, like matching the skill or the communication mm -hmm. style, that's the golden piece right there. So, yep. so helpful, Angie. Well, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave us with this one. Angie, thank you so much for your time and spending it with us and sharing some of that information. Um, I believe that you gave actually a little bit more tactical things than I expected, which is great. I think it is indicative of who you are and your purpose for like how you like to serve. So thank you for being so open. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. And um, if anything, our listeners take away from this, it is if you listen to the phone call, just listen to your CSRs. Even if you don't know anything, you're going to be able to hear it and know like that didn't sound right. That, you know, they talked, the tone was wrong. They missed the objection. You're going to know because you're going to process it. Like if you're the owner or the GM, you would have handled it this way. So you're going to know something's off, but by listening to it and then just having them listen to their own call, a lot of times is a great start. Yep. To getting this thing fixed. So um, again, I appreciate it very much. That's something that we've learned a ton from is just by listening to everybody else's calls. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and a lot of times it's not just about, you know, I wish you did these things better. You have to approach it that way. It's the positive mindset. It's also equally important to give praise for great calls. Absolutely. Always so find the good in the call before you go to those wishes. Always. Love it. Start with good, end with good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bookmark it. <laughs> book ended. <laughs> all right. Hey, listeners, hopefully you all took a lot away from this. I know I certainly did. Um, I always love getting into tactical calls, like conversations like this, because I have a genuine interest in being able to control the call. Um, I'm a very empathetic person. I run this business and one of those pillars is empathy. I genuinely care about people. I only have a company to help other companies grow. We only started a podcast to share that information to help you grow the listener. So this is one of those tactics that you have got to do. If you've ignored it up to this point, you know you got to change it. You know you got to fix it. If you need to figure out how the heck do I even get a call recording, what you got to do is get a call tracking number. There's multiple vendors out there. If you need any help figuring out how to purchase a call tracking number, they're super cheap. Reach out to the point. Reach out to Rhino. Reach out to Angie. Ask. And we can tell you how to get a call tracking number and how to implement it to start recording those calls. So listeners, thank you so much. Please stay safe out there. Take all the safety precautions in this crazy COVID-19 crisis that's going on. Hopefully all of, Angie's, all of Angie's knowledge and wisdom that she shared is going to help you. And again, what we'll say in Rhino is, you know, your ambition has to match your, your, your action has to match your ambition. If not, it's useless. So do something with it. Till next time, stay safe. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.